Oh, bless the Lord. Welcome to another Tough Truth broadcast and podcast. I'm Minister Jonathan Edward Reif, and I'm just so excited that you're able to join me today, either live on Facebook or recorded later on Facebook, YouTube, Rumble, or via podcast and all the major podcast distributors. I just thank God that you're able to join me today, whatever means it may be, whether it's uh, by delay or it's live. I just believe God has an awesome word for all of us today. He has given me a word concerning divine connections, divine connections, and I'm so excited to be able to be able to present this word to you today. And I just believe that God is going to do a mighty work in your life as you hear this word, as you feel the presence of the Holy Spirit. Had an awesome, awesome service in the local church I attend today. It was just absolutely marvelous. Um, it went it went longer than normal, and it was just off the hook and it was just a fabulous time in God. I just trust that the Lord has been with you today and with you all this week and used you to build his kingdom and touched you greatly and touched others through you greatly. So it's just a wonderful, wonderful day today and I'm just so thankful for everything that God has done thus far. I can feel the presence of the Lord here. I can feel it. I, I've been praying, I've been playing uh, worship music and I'm just so excited. I'm just so excited what God's getting ready to do in Jesus' name. Before we get into the uh, word today, I just want to pray and invite God's presence in here further to anoint me and to touch you right where you're at. Whether, again, it's on live or it's recorded, it's you're hearing it on podcast. I just believe that God has something for you today to hear. So let's go to the, to the Lord in prayer. Father, I just come in the name of Jesus Christ, Lord. I thank you for this beautiful day you've given us, God. I just thank you for your spirit. God, I just thank you for the words that, that were preached today, God, in my local church, Lord. I just thank you, God, for the inspiration and the anointing that was upon the man of God who spoke, God. And I just thank you, Lord, that you have been with each and every one, Lord, wherever they may have been today, God, whether it was in the house of worship or they were at home, or they were watching online, listening to radio, whatever they may have been doing, God, as they heard your word, I just thank you, Lord, that it will take root, that you will water that word, dear Jesus. You water that word with your presence and your spirit. Now, God, I just ask that you be with this broadcast, be with this podcast, Lord. May I speak as you would want me to speak. Take over my mind, take over my heart, take over my mouth, Lord. May I speak as you would desire me to speak, God, in the manner and in the spirit which you would want me to. I just ask this all in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen, amen, and amen. So thankful for God. I'm so thankful for what God's doing. Um, I've been reviewing the, the analytics of the uh, podcast, and it's, it's, it's covering several areas of the United States. It's it's starting to get into uh, Pakistan now, and Bangladesh, and the Philippines. And it, it, every week, every week, I'm seeing some new areas, and I'm just so excited what God is getting ready to do, and what God is currently doing. I'm, I'm not always going to put it out there in the future. God's doing things now, but I'm just so excited where, where it's going, and what God's doing in each and every one of your lives. I've been contacted uh, by different ministers in different parts of the world, and I've been sharing some of their uh, their videos and their pictures up on my Facebook page. Those are not, folks, I'm not stealing those off of somewhere. I'm getting sent directly. I'm getting those hot off the press. I'm getting those before they're actually even putting them up on their Facebook, if they have a Facebook page that they're putting them up on. Those are, I'm getting firsthand things from ministers uh, about their ministry and what God's doing, like in Pakistan, what God's doing in Nigeria, what God's doing in Kenya. And I will continue to post those things so that people can see what, what Christians go through in other parts of the world and see how the Spirit is moving in other parts of the world. There's, there's great blessing, but there's also great persecution. Great persecution. And as I've spoken weeks past... We in the United States, we really don't know what persecution is. When you get attacked going to church and almost get kidnapped, then you might understand what persecution is. And that's the type of things that are happening in other nations. Just people simply wanting to worship the Lord Jesus Christ. So I put those things up on my page to show 
what is happening. And I just invite any other ministers that watch this or hear this via podcast. If you have a mighty work that you're doing uh, and you want to, to send me um, some video or pictures of it, and I'm going to confirm that's genuine. I, I'm not falling for scams. I'm not. I, I pick up on them real fast. Um, people start begging for money and playing sob stories. I can see through it. So I want genuine ministry. Genuine ministry. I will share that on my Facebook page. And I'll share that on this broadcast. And I'll share that on the uh, the podcast. But only if it's genuine. A genuine move of God. Because there's there's a lot of scammers out there. There's people that that know that Americans, you know, are, are well-to-do compared to where they're from, and they, they try to take advantage of that, and they just assume, I'm not a super wealthy man, per se, but I'm much better off than many of them are. And and some of them, you know, want to use that, you know, for their own benefit. And uh, I just want to make sure that, that what I post on my Facebook page and people that I'm in contact with and the people that I continue to communicate with are authentic and they're not up to some no good or for selfish reasons. I want to build the kingdom of God the right way and be involved with the right people. And that goes right back to where, <laughs> where I'm going today with divine connections. Let's go to Hebrews chapter 13, verse 2. Hebrews 13, 2. And I've got my laptop here today, and I've said in previous broadcasts, you'll hear the mouse wheel and so on and so forth. Hopefully it's not too much of a distraction to you. Eventually I will get uh, better means. I am probably more likely going to be start on building a studio somewhere in the mid to late October range. I'm going to start on it. And I will show uh, pictures of it as it's being advanced. It's in my house. And... I'm going to be working on it exclusively this winter, and um, and for the glory of God. And I'm not asking for no money. <laughs> I'm saying, for the glory of God, I am going to get this thing built, and the Lord is going to use it for His glory. That's all I care about. So just pray. Keep that in, keep that in mind. That that's a vision that God's put in me. God's given me the ability to be able to remodel things and work on things and run electricity. And, and put carpet in and, and those type of things and and I will it will get done in Jesus name I don't know how long it's going to take but I should be starting it in the middle of October towards the end of October somewhere in that range and it'll go through winter and I just pray that's going to be a great blessing to many folks as, as, as it gets done Hebrews chapter 13 verse 2 it says be not forgetful to entertain strangers for thereby some have entertained angels unaware. That is the epitome of a divine connection. The epitome of a divine connection. What is a divine connection? A divine connection, I have it down in my notes here, it's a sovereign relationship with other individual, another individual or individuals, or by, ordained by God Almighty. These are relationships that come across your path as you walk out God's will for your life. You don't just sit around and wait on it to happen. You step out of the boat, as I've spoke weeks past, and, and you put effort with your faith. And these connections happen sovereignly as you walk out your faith. And I've experienced this in my life many times. Many people have come through my life, some are still in my life, that were divinely appointed at a specific time in my life. They're divine connections, and I've also had some that weren't so divine. <laughs> so we all have that too. I understand, I understand that. The, the divine connections are designed to propel you into your divine destiny. They, they need to happen for you to get to where you're going. They're relationships that need to happen for you to get to where you're going, where God wants you to be. You have to recognize that. You can't do this alone. This isn't a lone ranger process. You have to have others in your life that speak uh, truth to power, 
that speak faith into your life. I, I, you know, went through a major, major breakdown. And if I didn't have those individuals in my life speaking faith to me, I don't know what would have happened. I'm here today because of that, because of the, the love and, and the faith those, those individuals showed me during my weakest times when I didn't deserve it. That's the type of divine connection I'm talking about. And it's a special thing. And it'll propel, propel you in your divine destiny. I am currently sitting here in a chair where there used to be a bed in a room that I laid in for months and months under depression, under anxiety. Look what God can do. Look what God can do through divine connections. And God is going to continue. God's going to continue to do great things through divine connections. Something else I want to talk about these relationships, they're not created by manipulation or networking. You don't make these things happen by just being good enough, playing your cards right, as I said, I probably shouldn't say that, whatever. <laughs> Making the right moves. You, you, you step out and you do what God's asked you to do. And these relationships just come as you step out. Now, this does not mean, and I'm learning this, since I started this um, process with this ministry on Facebook, it does not mean you just sit and you just wait for people. To, well, I'm just going to sit here, I'm going to wait, somebody's going somebody to send me friends requests, somebody's going to follow me, and I'll just sit here and when I get some people, then I'll, no, you go ahead and you step out and you start speaking the words that God's given you or doing that business, or making that plan, or whatever it may be. And those people will come. But you have to reach out as well. You have to reach out. You have to show yourself friendly. You have to have relationships. It's not... Every church in existence, every ministry, every business markets itself. And don't let them think that they don't. Let you think that they don't, because they do. They market themselves all the time. And there's nothing wrong with with you getting yourself out there, but you gotta realize that divine connections, you're not guaranteed a divine connection by doing that is what I'm trying to say. Not every, every connection, every person that comes in because of that is going to be a divine connection. Divine connections happen supernaturally as you're out working, as you're doing what you're supposed to do. So I wanted to clarify that because I know there's some confusion about that with, with individuals. Uh, you can't just sit around and and think, you know, well, <laughs> okay, God, send them, you know, send them my way. Jesus said, go ye into all the world. Tell them to go. He sent them out. So we have to go. We have to go. Divine connections happen as you step out in faith and walk out your purpose, as I've been saying. That's when they take place. Um, I've been contacted in the last several weeks, last two weeks per se, specifically this last week, uh, started last Friday, not this, not this uh, previous Friday, the Friday before last, and I've been, you know, getting communication from different ministers and different people, and I know they're not all authentic. I know some of them are up to no good, but I also know there's some genuine there, you know, and it just sovereignly started happening. <laughs> I didn't. I didn't do anything uh, per se that much other than just walk out God's plan. And God has begun to bless this this time that we have together. See, that's what I'm talking about. You don't have to manipulate and and, and try to force people in. You know, it, it just doesn't work that way. And people pick up on that. They know they know when you're doing that. You know, people aren't stupid. Everybody knows. Now, people know used car salesmen. I mean, you know how used car salesmen is. I, I apologize. <laughs> I know one particular one I added on the Facebook page. It's a used car salesman. But you know what I'm saying. They, uh, they, they're, that's their livelihood. And they're going to try and sell you a car one way or another. And 
That's not, that's not what this is all about. That's not what this is all about. This is just presenting the word of God in clarity and letting, letting chips fall where they may, so to speak, in Jesus' name. A common, okay, I got written down my notes, common divine connections. What are some common divine connections? Let's look at John 15, 4 through 5. St. John 15, 4 through 5. Boy, the uh, seasons, they change on a dime here in Ohio. As soon as, as soon as the calendar said it's fall, it's like, bam, okay, it's fall. Temperature's dropped. It's, uh, yeah, it's cooled down significantly here in Ohio. I like, I like the fall, though. Fall is wonderful. I don't, I'm not real in love with what's coming after that. Verse 4 says, Abide in me, and I in you, as the branch cannot bear fruit of itself, except it abide in the vine. No more can ye, except ye abide in me. It's talking about walking out divine purpose. You can't bear godly fruit unless you abide in Christ. I am the vine, verse 5, you are the branches, he that abideth in me, and I in him, the same bringeth forth much fruit, for without me you can do nothing. So the ultimate divine connection is when you get born again. When you realize that you're a sinner in need of a Savior. When you realize that over 2,000 years ago, a man died on an old rugged cross for your sins, and he rose again the third day, and he ascended into heaven. And he's given us the Holy Spirit, and he's given us his word to live by. When you come to that revelation, that is the ultimate divine connection. That's what gets everything started. As I talked about last week, you're, you know, you're, we're all one blood, but you don't become one in the spirit until you become born again. Then you have a twofold connection. You have a connection in, in, in the blood and in the spirit, in Jesus' name. So that is the ultimate connection right there. Relationship with Jesus Christ is the ultimate connection. And that's what gets the ball rolling, so to speak. That's what gets it started. That's what gets it started. You heard the gospel if you're a born-again believer. If you're watching or listening to me right now and you're not a born-again believer, you could be follow some other religious belief system. Maybe you're atheist. Maybe you're just confused. The only way you're going to hear the Word of God is from a preacher or someone giving or presenting it to you in some capacity. Uh, even if nobody speaks it to you and you're given a Bible, you're still receiving uh, the spread of the gospel. That is, is a divine connection. That's what starts the path to walking out your salvation, walking out your progressive sanctification, as the Bible teaches. Let's look at 1 Corinthians chapter 1. And let's look at verse 21. Chapter 1, let's look at verse 21. Okay, it says, For after that in the wisdom of God, the world by wisdom knew not God, it pleased God by the foolishness of preaching to save them, save them that believe. So that is how we all hear the gospel, by the foolishness of preaching. That is how we get the ultimate divine connection to Jesus Christ, through the foolishness of preaching. That's the way the world views it. This is all foolishness, you know. This is this isn't scientific, and you know, blah, blah, blah. you know, we can't put it under a microscope. So, the world sees it as foolishness. Those who have received Christ have experienced great moves of the Spirit in our lives. We know that it's not foolishness. It's truth. It's truth in Jesus' name. Another connection that should be a divine connection, but it isn't always. And I know some of you are thinking, I think I know where he's going. That's marriage. That should be. Marriage should be a divine connection. Let's look at 2 Corinthians chapter 6. 2 Corinthians chapter 6. And let's look at verse 14. 
chapter 6, verse 14. It should be a divine connection. <laughs> Quotation marks around should be a divine connection. Unfortunately, in this country, what is the divorce rate? 50%? Somewhere. It's somewhere in a 40 to low 50% range. I know that. So many of them aren't divine connections. They're fleshly connections. <laughs> They're manipulative connections. They're sexual connections, but they're not divine connections. There's a huge difference. Let's look at 2 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 14. And many of you have heard this, that are familiar with the scripture. Be ye not unequally yoked together with unbelievers, for what fellowship hath righteousness with unrighteousness, and what communion hath light with darkness? Now we know from those scriptures we interpret that as, okay, this is strictly talking about unbeliever and believer. And that's true. But it goes deeper than that, folks. It's also just talking about two individuals that are believers that are on different paths, different understandings, different per point in life. Uh, I... I don't really want to name drop, but a particular minister come out with a uh, a uh, word this week, and I posted it on my page. You can look it up about pioneers and settlers, and how pioneers and settlers don't get along because pioneers have this outlook of faith and they're always willing to step out and they're always willing to live on a cutting edge and take chances. And settlers want everything comfortable. They want everything predictable for the next 50 years. You know, they want to know that they're fine, that everything's secure and this and that. Pioneers and settlers just don't get along together in a divine connection. They just don't. And I, and I have experienced that for myself. I understand now what I've been going through. <laughs> that just opened up to me and I was like, yes, God, I can see now what the problem was. Absolutely. And there's no, you can't correct that. You can't correct that. So make sure if you're going to get in a marriage situation that you, that it's going to become a divine connection possibly, that if you're a pioneer and you're a chance, step out, live by the seat of your pants, faith person, and the other person is, is wanting everything predictable and secure and comfortable and no change, you, you might as well just forget it. I mean, it's not going to work. You've got to have somebody that uh, is going to step out and be able to step out in faith with you, that trusts the Lord, that trusts your vision that God's given you. And that's, that's a divine connection in Jesus' name. But if it's fighting against what God's called you to do, it's belittling it, it's making it less than what it is, then it's not a divine connection. And the best thing to do is to separate from that and not take that any further. Let's look at another divine connection in Proverbs. And don't go by just what people think and say either. You know, everybody's everybody's got their opinions. Uh, there's there's folks that get together and get married and there's the individuals that say, oh, you shouldn't, you shouldn't be with this person. You shouldn't, or whatever. And, and you got to watch this list in the, you know, Job's counselors, so to speak. You know in your heart whether God has, you know, put that person in your life as a divine connection. You know. So you got to turn off those voices like I talked about several weeks ago and, and walk it out. Walk it out with God. Let's look at Proverbs chapter 18. Verse 24, this is another divine connection. Another divine connection. Close friends are divine connections. It can be, if they're close. If they're truly friends, they're not just acquaintances. I don't know, you know, at least in my life, personally, I've had these seasons in life where Certain people have been in my life for like a period of years and then they're gone. They're, they're no longer in my life anymore. 
And then I'm in a season with another group of people. But then sometimes you come back into another season with the same people again, or a few of those people. You know, it, it, it comes and goes. I've, I've learned that. I mean, the first time you actually learn that, I think, is when you graduate out of high school. And people start going their own ways. I know I had friends that, that joined the military. Uh, had friends that got married. Had friends that move away to another state, whatever. That's when you start learning that, you know. You better be ready for change and, and see different seasons in your life because people come and they people go. But you find that there there can be a few people that that remain a divine connection that stay in your life. They may go for a while, but they you end up back, and you always maintain you know a good connection with them, and that's important. Proverbs 18.24 says, A man that hath friends must show himself friendly. I was speaking about that a little bit ago. And there is a friend that sticketh closer than a brother. Now, of course, we know this is a prophetic word about Jesus Christ. But Jesus taught the same thing. And he expressed what it was. And he talked about brotherly love. Jesus in, in John chapter 17 prayed for unity, prayed that we would love each other like he loved us. That is, that's true divine connection. Let's look at John 15, verse 13. John 15, verse 13. I've got a little bit of soaking worship music playing in the background. You might be able to hear that. Uh, just to set the atmosphere in here. I found that soaking worship, you know, it's a good calming mechanism. But I, I, I suffer from, from uh, anxiety. I mean, I, anxiety, it's pretty bad anxiety at times. Um, and I find that soaking worship music helps, helps calm me down. Uh, it's a good thing. I was working for this particular place for a while. <laughs> And I was hauling uh, 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 former drug addicts that were in rehabilitation back and forth in this van, and I would play this music. That one guy said, what is that, Beethoven? <laughs> I was like, no. <laughs> I was either playing uh, some type of Christian metal music, metal music, or I was playing that. And it was like, okay, Jonathan, what happened there? I went from, you went from Striper to that? What, what's going on? But uh, I found that I'd play it when everybody was being chaotic and noisy and loud and nasty, and it seemed to calm the atmosphere. So that's, it's a good thing. It's a good thing that, to have that. John chapter 15, verse 13. Greater love hath no man than this, that a man lay down his life for his friends. Now, Jesus, it's a, now again, Jesus is talking about himself, but he's also teaching, ultimately, that that's what we're supposed to do. That's the gospel. That's the gospel message, right? To lay down our lives for another. And that's hard. That's a hard thing to do. That's not something we naturally want to do. I know I don't. You, you, I just don't. I don't. That's not something that's just, that's not part of my fleshly makeup. The only way that I want to do that is from the Spirit of God. God changes you as you yield to Him, as I spoke. Uh, last week about experiences I've had in the last three or four months uh, and uh, God's been doing a work on me it's been a healing work it's also been an inspiring work and he's launched me into what I'm doing right now and honestly I don't I don't know where this is all going to go for sure um, I'm just I'm just obeying the Lord I'm, I'm stepping out and and utilizing the gifts God's given me and the platform and and just believing that people be touched it's it could just be a matter of a few words. That's the thing. Somebody could be getting ready to commit suicide or something. And they can, they can see this video or they can hear the podcast. And just, just some words could change and turn everything around. We have such power. We have such power as believers if we'll utilize it. And that's, that's what I'm doing here. I'm stepping out. And I'm just believing God is going to continue to bless this time. So I hope that I've kind of given you some examples of divine connections, what they are. 
as far as how they start, uh, what they're not, and how God uses them to propel you into your divine destiny. Let's look at some biblical examples. Biblical examples. This, this particular subject has been taught before. I'm not teaching anything uh, new. Um, there's, been, there's been many, many, many ministers and articles written about divine connections, divine relationships. There's been many messages preached on this. So uh, this is not a new... The Bible says there's nothing new under the sun. I'm just reiterating a truth reiterating the truth. I just felt led to talk about that this this week and uh, God's uh, given me some good biblical examples of that. Let's look at uh, David and Jonathan per se in 1 Samuel chapter 18 1 Samuel chapter 18 1 through 4 we're going to take a look starting in verse 1 and it came to pass when he had made an, an end of speaking unto Saul that the soul of Jonathan was knit with the soul of David and Jonathan loved him as his own soul. That's, that's the, the, the brotherly love I was talking about. And Saul took him that day and would let, him, would let him go no more home to his father's house. Verse three, then Jonathan and David made a covenant. Now they made a blood covenant. They cut, they cut covenant. They cut covenant. They rubbed the blood together. That's how they did it back in the day, folks. That's a that's an awesome study right there. The study of blood covenant, cutting covenants. I had to learn that in Bible school way back when. Uh, that's a good. That's a good. That's an awesome study. You want to talk about the Holy Spirit coming? You start. Was it Watchman Nee? I think had a book out about that, about blood covenants. You want to feel the presence of God? You start studying blood covenants. And you, it'll just open up the gospel to you. It'll open up the old, the old testament, the old covenant, and the new covenant to you in such a mighty way. It's an awesome, awesome understanding. Verse four: And Jonathan stripped himself of the robe that was upon him, and gave it to David and his garments, even to his sword and to his bow and to his girdle. So they had a divine friendship, a divine friendship. It was a divine connection, but it was a divine friendship. Let's look at Second Samuel. 2 Samuel 1.26. Now, there are those, I will address this, there are those in the world who want to make this into a relationship that it was not. And I'll leave it right there. It was not that. It was not that. Absolutely not. That would be a violation of the law. The Bible says David was, was a man after God's own heart. People who spout that kind of nonsense don't know their Bible. They don't they don't know that they just don't know the basics of, of of Judaism, let alone Christianity. And they just spout off nonsense. Well, take a Bible verse and they say, Oh, look here, I'll prove it to you. It says uh, No. I, I'm gonna I'm gonna deal with that in weeks to come. I'm gonna just I'm going to deal with the whole atheistic arguments and all that stuff. That would be a good time, and I, th I think I may uh, do that. I, I might get some hate mail. but uh, Yeah, it's not what uh, some are trying to make this relationship out to be. Let's look at verse 26 in 2 Samuel chapter 1. I am distressed for thee, my brother Jonathan, David says. Very pleasant hast thou been unto me. Thy love to me was wonderful, passing the love of women. See, that's they take that verse and they say, "Oh, that's got to be a homosexual relationship," because they just said, "Oh, that's not what that's saying." Study it out. David would kept the law. It was, it was against Levitical law to do such a thing. So let's let's not even go there. This is talking about a godly friendship godly friendship and I've had those and I still have those and maintain those a godly friendship where it's when, when you're in something like that you can just sit down and with this person and it's just amazing uh, I, I think of a relationship I had with a man who's no longer with us that passed away and we would go out and we would uh, do visitations and witnessing and the power of God would just be it would be incredible, and him and I would just have revelation, and I mean, we was just 
on cloud nine the whole time we were together doing those things. It was just amazing. That's that's a divine friendship and a divine connection. You're not like banging heads. I mean, you're you're in tune, man. And revelation just flows, and and purpose just flows. That's how you know. That's how you know something's divine, a divine friendship or a divine connection. When it propels you to the cross, when it propels you forward in God, that's when you know it's a divine connection. Because I'm pulling you backwards. We're not of those, as Paul said, that are pulling back. We're propelling forward in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Let's look at another divine, divine connection, divine relationship. Let's take a look at Naomi and Ruth. Naomi and Ruth. Ruth chapter 1. Ruth chapter 1. And we're going to take a look at verses 16 through 17. God is good. God is really moving. He's doing a quick work. Um, I don't know, you know, as I've said in weeks past, how far we are from you know, the coming of Christ, from the true tribulation period, and so on and so forth. It sure seems like things are winding, winding up or winding down, ever how you want to look at it. But none of us know for sure. But I do know at least in my life, and I've seen in others, God is, he's uh, waking up some folks, and shaking them and saying, hey, it's time. You don't have that many more years left. Get going. And let's do what I called you to anointed you to do. And let's not sit around and wait for somebody to tell you to go do it. Step out of the boat and do it. I just can't get past that. I've been saying that for weeks now. Step out of the boat in Jesus' name. Naomi and Ruth. Ruth chapter 1, verse 16, 17. We're talking about divine connections. And Ruth said, Entreat me not to leave thee, or to return from following after thee. For whither thou goest, I will go. And where thou lodgest, I will lodge. Thy people shall be my people, and thy God, my God. Where thou diest, will I die. And there will I be buried. The Lord do so to me, and more also, if aught but death part thee and me. So you can see right there a divine connection between Naomi and Ruth. And that divine connection caused a divine inheritance. And God can bless. I've experienced that. I know there's many, many of you that are watching have experienced where God has set up a divine connection with you and somebody, uh, possibly somebody at church, uh, somebody you work with. It could be a perfect stranger who blesses you in some, some way, tells you about a job, uh, uh, gives you an opportunity somewhere, gives you finances, whatever it may be. And you, you, you receive an inheritance from that person, as Ruth did from Naomi. And that's an awesome, awesome example of a divine connection. And it's a divine inheritance from the Lord. It's uh, such a blessing. I've experienced that in my own life. Uh, you get given opportunities that you would never get been given before there is truth in the whole um how do i want to say this uh the whole uh cursing and blessings being passed down so on and so forth and it, it makes all the difference in the world what you're tied into what ministry you're tied into what you're letting go in these ears and what you're listening to and what you're meditating on it makes a big difference uh, there is a lot of phony baloney going on out there in the kingdom. I'll just say it. <laughs> a whole lot of it going on. And uh, unfortunately, there's thousands of people out there following it. And it's sad. It's, it's really sad. But you get tied into a proven godly ministry that preaches the clear gospel of Jesus Christ. And that he's coming again in glory. Then you're going to receive an inheritance through that. In Jesus name. And the inheritance is anything from you sitting in church. And you're getting revelation. You know that can change your life. To possibly a financial blessing. Whatever it may be. That's a divine inheritance. Caused by a divine connection. Let's look at another example of a divine connection. In Elijah and Elisha. Many, uh, many have heard this. First Kings, 
chapter 19, and we're going to take a look at uh, verses 19 through 21. 1 Kings chapter 19, 19 through 21. Now this is dealing with a mantle. This is dealing with an anointing, anointing transference. And not just an anointing transference, but a call, a divine call from a divine connection. A mantle falling on someone who had a divine connection. I can think of uh, several that I, I know about, uh, that I've been under their ministry and I know about. I know that uh, Dr. Lester Sumrall received a mantle from Smith Wogglesworth and Dr. Howard Carter. I know that Pastor Rod Parsley received a mantle from Dr. Lester Sumrall. And I know there's been others that have received mantles from being under Rod Parsley, and there's other connections. Uh, we could go into several other ministers, but I know those per se because I'm tied into that. That's an example of a, of a mantle that gets passed down. Let's look at 1 Kings chapter 19, 19 through 21. It says in verse 19, So he departed thence and found Elisha. This is talking about Elijah the son of Shaphat, who was plowing with 12 yoke oxen before. Now notice, notice Elisha wasn't sitting around, waiting, doing nothing. He was, he was doing what God called him to do, and the divine connection happened. He's plowing with 12 yoke of oxen before him, and he with the 12. And Elijah passed by him and cast his mantle upon him. And he left the oxen, and he ran after Elijah, and said, let me, I pray thee, kiss my father and my mother, and then will I follow thee. I mean, he. Th this reminds me of the disciples. Jesus walked along the shore, hey, come follow me. And they dropped everything, dropped their nets, dropped everything and started following him. Nowadays, everybody's like, wow, really? You quit your job? You did this? You sold that? You moved here? You did this? They did in the Bible. <laughs> that's, that's how... They operated by faith, and they operated when they heard the anointed word of God. They dropped everything and, and and went and did what God asked them to do. Let's take a look at uh, verse uh, twenty-one. They said uh, at the end of verse twenty, it says, and he said unto him, Go back again for what I have done to thee. And he returned back from him and took a yoke of oxen and slew them and boiled their flesh with instruments of the oxen, gave unto the people, and they did eat. Then he arose and went after Elijah and ministered unto him. So Elisha didn't take uh, the anointing and the mantle that was on Elijah lightly. And it didn't take him long. He was out there doing what God called him to do. And Elijah come passing by and threw that mantle at and, and that's all she wrote, folks. Doesn't I believe it says Elisha did, what, twice as many miracles as Elijah? I, I believe that's right. Correct me if I'm wrong, Bible scholars. I could be. I know he did more than Elijah. We'll just say that. He did more miracles than Elijah. Let's take a look at uh, 2 Kings. 2 Kings. And there's a whole lot about Elijah there about uh, uh, in the New Testament about the Spirit of God, the move of the Spirit, so on and so forth, anointings, uh, the present-day church that we could get into in the future. 2 Kings chapter 2, we're going to start looking at verse 9. We're going to go through 15 here. And this is a very familiar passage of Scripture. And it came to pass, when they were gone over, that Elijah said unto Elisha, Ask what I shall do for thee before I be taken away from thee. And Elisha said, I pray thee, let a double portion of thy spirit upon me. A double portion. We've all heard about the double portions over the years. And the double doubles and all that. It's biblical. It's biblical. Um, that, that there is a double doubling of anointings. There's a doubling of an inheritance. There's a doubling of giftings. There's a doubling of effectiveness. It is a biblical. It's in the New Testament as well. I can show you. I can show you a verse right in the New Testament. I won't do it at this time. It talks about that a minister is worth double. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Verse 10. He said, Thou hast asked a hard thing. Nevertheless, if thou see me when I am taken from thee, it shall come be, be so unto thee. But if not, it shall not be so. And it came to pass in verse 11 as they still went on and talked, that behold, there appeared a chariot of fire. There's that fire. 
the Holy Ghost and fire, and horses of fire and parted them both asunder, and Elijah went up by a whirlwind into heaven. And Elisha saw it in verse 12, and he cried, My father, my father, the chariot of Israel and the horsemen thereof, and he saw them no more, and he took a hold of his own clothes, and he rent them into pieces. In verse 13, he took up also the mantle of Elijah that fell from him and went back and stood by the bank of the Jordan. In verse 14, he took the mantle of Elijah that fell from him and smote the waters and said, Where is the Lord God of Elijah? And when he had also smitten the waters, they parted hither and thither, and Elisha went over. When the sons of the prophets, were, which were to view at Jericho, saw him, they said, The spirit of Elijah doth rest on Elisha. And they came to meet him and bowed themselves to the ground before him. So we see a divine mantle passed down from Elijah to Elisha. And it was evident, and it was visual, and there was no questioning it. That's the type of thing that can happen in a divine connection. In a divine connection, you can receive a double portion by following after the one that God has asked you to serve and follow after. That's an awesome truth in the Word of God. And we, we can see that in the New Testament. I think some of you will probably know where I'm going with this. Let's take a look at Paul and Timothy. Paul and Timothy. Paul and Timothy. Let's take a look at Acts chapter 16. We're going to go to verse 1 and we're going to look at 1 through 3 in Acts chapter 16. I use a lot of scripture and I, I do that for a reason. I let the Word of God interpret itself. I don't take, try to take things out of context. You can come up with some of the fruit cakiest doctrines if you just take isolated scripture out of the Bible. You have to let the Word of God balance itself out, the Old Testament to the New Testament. And not just take one isolated passage and make a... There's entire denominations made on just certain isolated passages of scripture without any balance. So we have to be careful with that. Acts chapter 16, verses 1 through 3. Then he came, he to Derbe and Lystra, and behold, a certain disciple was there named Timotheus, the son of a certain woman which was Jewish and believed, but his father was a Greek. Verse 2, which was well reported of by the brethren that were at Lystra and Iconium. And him would Paul have to go forth with him, and took and circumcised him, because the Jews which were in those quarters, for they knew that all that his father was a Greek. Okay, so this is, is uh, Paul being introduced to Timothy. Okay? Timothy was a spiritual son to Paul. That's what Timothy was. And he received a mantle. He received influence from Paul. 1 Timothy chapter 1. 1 Timothy chapter 1, verse 18. Chapter 1, verse 18. And this letter is called Timothy for a reason. <laughs> That's who uh, Paul is writing to. 1 Timothy chapter 1, verse 18. This charge I commit unto thee, son Timothy, according to the prophecies which went before on thee, that thou by them mightest war a good warfare. So Paul and Timothy had a divine connection. And obviously there were prophetic words spoken over Timothy. That was a divine connection that God set up. And notice that Paul was just out doing what Paul was called to do. And and come across Timothy. And it, there was a divine connection that started there. And obviously there were prophecies going forth and spoken over Timothy. We can find that elsewhere in the scriptures. Let's look at 2 Timothy chapter 1. Remember, we're talking about divine connections, different types of divine connections. I've already talked about uh, uh, friendships and inheritances, and now we're talking about divine mantles that can come upon people from a divine connection. 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 1 through 6. I remember the, the particular passage of Scripture just come to me about uh, where it says, they knew that they had been with Jesus. They knew. They knew by the behavior of those people they had been with Jesus. They had been touched by a divine connection. See, that's what I'm talking about. It's, it's interesting. It's, it's like, and I've experienced this myself with, with mantles and with anointings, that you could tell 
some individuals have been influenced by others. You're, you're sitting there and you're listening to them preach, and it's like, I can see that. I can I can hear that. The, the the father of the faith that they're under. I can hear. I can see it on them. You can you can hear it and you can see it. You can see that 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 divine mantle on on individuals, and you know it's God. See, that's what I'm saying. They said they they could tell they had been with Jesus. They could tell it. They were acting like him. They were talking like him. That's a divine connection. 2 Timothy chapter 1, 1 through 6. Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ by the will of God, according to the promise of life, which is in Christ Jesus. To Timothy, my dearly beloved son, grace, mercy, and peace from God the Father and Christ Jesus our Lord. Verse 3, I thank God, whom I serve from my forefathers with pure conscience, that without ceasing I have remembrance of thee in my prayers night and day. Greatly desiring to see thee, verse 4, being mindful of thy tears, that I may be filled with joy. When I call to remembrance the unfeigned faith that was in thee, Timothy, which dwelt first in thy grandmother Lois. Now we're talking about divine inheritance here. We're talking about a transference that passed down Timothy, not only through his family, but through Paul. So we got, we got divine inheritance, we got divine mail going on here. And thy mother Eunice, and I persuaded that it's in thee also. It's something that Paul seen in Timothy that was passed down generationally. Wherefore, I put thee in remembrance that thou stir up the gift of God, which is in thee by the putting on of my hands. That's talking about he received prophetic words. He received an anointing through the doctrine of laying on of hands. That's biblical doctrine, folks. It's the laying on of hands is a biblical New Testament doctrine. It did not pass away. The Bible talks about it several places, several places. The Holy Ghost, an anointing and a mantle is conferred upon an individual by the doctrine of laying on of hands. It's very, very scriptural. So we see that Timothy had a divine inheritance through generations that he received through his grandmother and his mother. Who knows how, how far back it went? For sure. The book of Hebrews talks about how believers before Christ were saved by faith. Faith in the word. And trust in God. Who knows how far back Timothy's lineage went of people who were who were trusting in God, who were faithful, even before the time of Christ. We see how that, that, that divine mantle gets transferred, and it's an awesome, awesome thing. I'm not gonna I've got uh, two more passages uh, that I, we could go to on that with Paul and Timothy, but I can see that I'm getting down there in time. And uh, I wanna just hit some other points about the characteristics of a divine connection, the characteristics of a divine connection. The relationship comes naturally as you walk out God's plan for your life. It's not forced. It's not forced. If, if you're taking notes and you want to look at a passage of Scripture, Colossians chapter 3, verse 23. Colossians chapter 3, verse 23. Something else. The connections bear fruit. They bear fruit both spiritually and physically. If you get a connection and you you think it's divine and it's not producing fruits spiritually or physically, you better be rethinking that one because it's probably not a divine connection. <laughs> it's probably not something God is is wanting in your life that He wants to bless you through. That's how you know. And Jesus talked about that. It has to be redemptive in nature. Everything we do as Christians, and I've said, and I'll say it, and I'll say it over and over and over again, needs to be redemptive in nature. It has to ultimately be for the glory of God, to build the kingdom of the Lord. Everything you do, the time you get up till the time you go to sleep. Now, it is not all glorious. You've got to work. You've got to do this. You've got to do that. But you're ultimately, you're kingdom-minded, and you're redemptive-minded, and you're like, I'm doing this so I can... So I can uh, bless this person, or I can get the money to, to give to this ministry, or I, I'm doing this, you know, as as unto unto the Lord. Bob says, "Let it do everything as unto the Lord, unto the Lord and His glory." So it's not forced, okay? It's not forced, and it's redemptive in nature when it's a divine connection. In Proverbs thirteen twenty, it talks about growth. It challenges you to grow. That's how you know it's a divine connection. If you're in a, in, a, in a relationship that you think God put together and that person doesn't challenge you in any way, yeah, I would question it again. I'd question whether that's a divine connection. 
If they don't, if they don't push and prod you to be a better person, to do better, I would question I would question whether well, that's a divine connection according to Proverbs 13:20. Because it'll it'll challenge you to grow. And a final characteristic of a divine connection. And I wish we had more time, I would have opened these passages and talked a little bit more about this. It opens closed doors. It opens closed doors. You don't have to kick the door in. That divine connection will open up doors. You just, it, 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 it's wonderful and it's amazing. And, and you feel like, man, I'm right smack dab, you know, in what God wants me to do. Look at how the Lord is opening these doors up, blessing me. Scriptures for that, Revelations chapter 3, 7 through 8, and 1 Corinthians 16, 9. That's some scriptures that you can look up. Uh, if you don't catch them, you want to watch this uh, this broadcast, listen to this podcast, the latter time, and go back over those scriptures. It'll open closed doors. There's doors of ministry. Paul talked about that. There's doors of ministry that have opened. Opportunity has opened unto me in certain areas. He talks about it. That's the type of things that divine connections can do for you. And I just believe, and I just believe that God has divine connections for you in your life. Some you are already in, some that you, you will be in in the future. But recognize them. Use these characteristics and these examples as, as, as evidence to when you, you suspect that something is divine connection, you can measure it and tell. Is it taking away from you? Is it adding to you? Is it drawing you closer to the Lord or is it pulling you back? That's how you know. That's how you know whether it's a divine connection or not. I just pray this word has been a great blessing to you today. And those who are watching me right now on Facebook Live, those who will watch the recording of it on Facebook, uh, YouTube, Rumble, um, I'm on Instagram, I'm on just about every podcast distributor you can think of, uh, just because I'm, I'm, I'm with a, a group that automatically loads them up on all those uh those uh, streaming services. So the words out there, I just pray that this has blessed you and, and it'll help you to grow in the Lord and in his grace and his mercy. Everything we do is for him. It's not for popularity. It's not to prove a point. It's not to be rich. It's for him and his glory and his kingdom. God's doing a mighty work. I'm telling you, God is doing a mighty work. Revival is here, folks. It's here. It's just little, little kin, little bits of fire here and there, but it's here, folks. Revival is here. God is, he's stirring up the mulberry bush. He is, he, he's here. And, and it's, uh, it's uh, we need to recognize that revival's here and, and start to declare it and, and walk in it. God is a good God, and he has great things, great things for your life. Let's just go to the seal this word with prayer. Let's seal this broadcast, this podcast with prayer in Jesus' name. Father, I just come in the name of Jesus Christ, Lord. I thank you, God, for this wonderful word that you have given me today to speak to the people, Lord. I pray, I pray that I have laid out the groundwork through your word so that they may understand and may it spark something new in them. May it spark something new in them. May they see something today that they've never seen before in Scripture. They've always been a little bit confused about. But it, today, it's sparked a newness in them. And it's, it's helped them to make sense of some relationships, some situations that have happened in their life. And give us all wisdom, God. Give us all wisdom. Give us all discernment so that we are in proper relationships, proper connections with those individuals, God, those ministries, those people, God, that you desire for us to be in connection with. I just ask God that you use each and every one that's watching and listening to this broadcast and this podcast, God, mightily, mightily in the days to come. This coming week, God, Bring those who need to hear your word across their path. And I just speak to anyone who's, who's listening to this broadcast and you, you uh, aren't saved. God desires to welcome you home.
He desires to save you in Jesus' name. Christ died for your sins and he rose again from the dead. And he ascended unto the Father and he's coming back again. And he loves you. If there's anyone here that needs to be saved, that's hearing me today, I just pray that the Spirit of God moves on you. You hear my words. And just simply say, Jesus, I'm a sinner and I'm in need of a Savior. I find nothing in this world that has satisfied me. I give my all and my life to you, Lord Jesus, and I accept your sacrifice. I accept your resurrection. I accept that you are now sitting at the right hand of the Father and that you're coming back in Jesus' name. If you prayed that prayer today with me, or you, you hear this in delay, whenever it may be, and you need further ministry, just reach out to me via Facebook. Um, send me a message in Messenger and uh, comment on this video, and I will pray with you further in Jesus' name. Well, it's been a glorious time today. <laughs> God is here. God is here. It's been, it's just been an absolute good time in the Lord today. This whole day has just been awesome. I, I wanted to take off running a few times in church today. It was, uh, it was off the hook. And uh, God is such a good God, and he has such big plans for you as you obey him and you walk it out in faith. I got an exciting message coming up next week. Unless God changes it, I'm always open to God changing. I get stuff and the Lord changes it on me. I'm going to talk about ripe fruit, ripe harvest. The harvest is ripe. That's my plans, unless God changes it. That's when I will be back here, same time, on Facebook Live next week. You be blessed. God bless you.